folks, we are currently into the second week of our new series called Standing Ground. And uh, last week, Pierre kicked off by preaching from Hebrews 10. And he spoke about how we should be confidence keepers and how confidence should be in Jesus Christ and not in any other thing in our lives. And it's going to be a special Sunday today because... I'm not the only one who's going to be speaking. I've got three groups of people that are going to come and help me this morning, and they're going to, they're going to share their story. They're going to share their testimony, and I'm trusting that you're going to be encouraged by what they share. We all face difficult times in our lives, tough, tough moments. In preparing for this Sunday, it just made me think back on those extremely tough moments that I've experienced in my life, and oftentimes, you're in such a bad place that you just feel like, I can't anymore. You know, thank goodness we do find our hope in Jesus Christ. But when we do go through these tough times, we sometimes have more questions that we have answers. It's like, how do I respond to this? What, what should I say? You know, my faith is not big enough. How do I get through this? I'm hoping that some of these stories this morning are going to encourage you um, it, it is, there are many tough circumstances that we face in, in today's life, but we do not lose hope. That what the enemy would want for us is that we shrink back and we don't stand our ground, we actually retreat. But we want to help encourage you today to keep standing your ground. You can go read through Hebrews 10, uh, just to recap from last week. This is the theme scripture uh, for the series. And I want to encourage you that the series we want to do is not just a sermon series. We'd love to encourage you to join a small group where you can be in community and where you can enjoy the benefits of Christian community and, and praying with one another, encouraging one another. We are created to live in community. God has not called us to live an isolated life. We also have prayer on Thursday mornings from 5.30 to 6.30 a.m., we started that rhythm uh, this last week, and come and join us for prayer if you feel bold enough and brave enough to get up nice and early in the morning. Um, we're going we're gonna to be sharing through weekly devotionals via media, and, um, and, and you'll hear more testimonies from people, all in an effort to encourage you uh, through, this, through this month of August. I'm going to be reading from Revelation 12, if you can turn there in your Bible. My theme verse for today is verse 11, Revelation 12, 11. It's a well-known portion, but I'm going to read through the entire chapter 12 just to, to show you a few more things from that. Let's read together. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child. One is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, 
but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Verse 7, now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now, the book of Revelation has many symbolisms, and often when we read it, we're like, I don't understand this. In this portion, we've read about a woman, a dragon, a child, 1,260 days, the wilderness, a war, and it's like, what is this? What does this all mean? When I read through the book of Revelation, I try not to get caught up in all the symbolism. And there, there is an explanation and an, and an understanding to what it all is. But the greatest revelation that we can take from this book is the, is the supremacy of Jesus and that he is victorious. And I'm going to be focusing on verse 11, uh, but I'm, I just want to share briefly these few things that were mentioned. First of all, they speak about the woman. Who is this woman? The woman isn't just Mary who gave birth to the child who is Jesus. The woman can be seen as God's people. It's the lineage through which Jesus would come. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, including Mary, the people of old, and then the people of God in the New Testament. It speaks about the church. In Revelation 2 and 3, we read about the church of God. What I love about this description in Revelation 12 is that the woman is described as victorious. We are part of the bride of Christ. We are victorious. The dragon is the devil. I don't think I need to explain that. But his intentions is to bring destruction. He, he, he wants to be at war. He is at war with the woman, with the angels. He wants to come against the church of God. He is a destructive being. 
the child is Jesus, as mentioned, and the description there is that it says that he will rule the nations with an iron scepter. When I think of iron, it's hard, it's strong, it's not easily breakable. Jesus is our victorious king. And then there's this war, this war between the dragon and the woman who, who we've made known are God's people. If I can take you back to Genesis 3, this is where the story started, but also where we fully understand already the victory that we have received. In Genesis 3, in verse 15, Adam and Eve have sinned. The serpent has tempted them to eat of the fruits, and, and they put, partook of that, and they, they sinned. And God is addressing them. This is what he says to the servant, serpent. I will put enmity, which is war, between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is speaking about Jesus who will bruise the head of the serpent, but the serpent will bruise the heel of the child that would come from, from Mary. Now, there are two injuries here. There's a bruised heel and a bruised head. Now, if you read the original scripture, it says fatally bruised head. Let's talk about the crushed head. Would you prefer bruised heel or crushed head? I can recover from a bruised heel. I know it's, it's a horrible injury to get, and it takes longer than expected. But even if I lost my heel, I could still continue with life. But if I had a crushed head, that only happens once to you. You only fatally bruise your head once. And folks, isn't this a beautiful picture? Jesus fatally bruised, crushed the head of the serpent by the work that he did at the cross. And the, the bruised heel is imagery of Jesus standing on the cross. Every time he had to take a breath, he had to stand up on his feet. That's how most people die of crucifixion, of, of suffocation, because they're unable to take a breath. You have to stand up, and he bruised his heel. But just how we've already won the victory. And yes, the tough times that we face in life, it may feel like I'm done. I can't do this anymore. God, where are you? We cannot forget that, that, that it, hope eternity is in what Jesus has done for us. The Bible says also that our life here on earth is like a vapor. It's like a breath in comparison to eternity that we spend with, with our heavenly Father. It, it's, it's timeless. It, it, it's, it's so short. And, and we need to remain focused on on the, the, the good news that Jesus brings to us. So just as an introduction, I'm going, as mentioned, I've got some lovely people that are going to join me on stage, and they're going to be sharing their stories today. I know that there are so many stories in this congregation of people, and again, the reason why we've encouraged you to be part of a small group, so that you do have the opportunity to share and, and encourage with others. So I'm going to ask Warwick and Candice if you could come join me first. Won't you welcome them as they join me? Warwick is our resident pilot. He 
did say in his in the first service that he likes to be in control as a pilot. So he'll share a bit about that in his testimony. And Candace is a teacher by profession, but she is a photographer at this moment. But yeah, we're giving them the opportunity to share the story with you this morning. Morning, church. Um, the story that we want to share runs over the last approximate two years. Um, but just to give you a bit of a background, we are both from George. We uh, went to school there, grew up there, so we've known each other for a good couple of years. And um, after school, we went our separate ways. I became a pilot, so I was moving around most of Africa. And uh, Candice came to Stellenbosch to study her teaching there. And uh, it was during this time when I was in West Africa on a contract basis, and she was still studying, that we eventually got together. We started dating, and um, after a couple of years, she finished her studies and got a job here in Somerset West. And uh, I eventually joined a, a local airline, which allowed me to also move down here. So uh, eventually, it was in uh, January 2017, we both uh, actually moved to Somerset West and uh, joined the, the Every Nation Somerset West here. And it was in April 2017 uh, that we eventually got engaged. And uh, it was at that point where the roller coaster ride for us basically began. Um, Candace started to develop one or two minor uh, health issues, which led to um, a gland or a lymph node, rather, in her neck that was swollen to be cut out and uh, sent for a biopsy. And it was almost exactly one month to the day before our wedding where we got the results and uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, more specifically, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, so I mean, obviously not ideal. And um, <laughs> I think it was kind of at that point that, yeah, we realized that there's gonna be a, be a story that's coming. And I think um, our initial reaction was just to go into fight mode. So I think we all kind of gathered our armies and started trusting for our miracle and kind of just claimed that when I go for my staging scan, it will just be gone. And it wasn't, um, but it was about a week later, I had a vision of, it was me and Jesus inside my body. So yeah, biologically it's not really, I don't know what it looks like in there. Um, but we were basically running through the various canals and channels and he was super excited. He had, he was, had this full armor on and he was shooting at these cancer cells and getting super excited. And, taking me with this journey, like on the journey with him. And he was, you know, this is something we're gonna do together. We're gonna tackle this. And that was kind of just a confirmation of the fact that we were gonna get our healing um, and to stand in that promise. So like Kenneth said, we, um, we didn't quite get the, the immediate healing which we were hoping for. Um, and uh, instead of it just being cancer that was in that particular lymph node that was, that was cut out, it was actually throughout the, the staging scans identified that it was actually on both sides of her neck, underneath both armpits and in her chest. So um, obviously big, big shock to us, but uh, like I said, we, we gathered the army around us and uh, the community and um, started the whole process with the doctors, which they basically gave out a six month um, chemotherapy treatment period. Um, of course, which comes with, with all the usual side effects of, of the nausea and losing hair and tiredness and so on. So, so Candice actually quit a job um, at the beginning of, of um, 
um, for this for this whole process. So uh, it still it still allowed us to uh, to get married. We got married in in the December, went on honeymoon, and uh, come January 2018, this whole process started. And um, halfway through the chemo, we did a pre preliminary um, scan to see if obviously the chemo was working. And uh, good news, everything uh, was pretty much showing clear already. Doctor said that the scan came back clear, so. Obviously, it was a huge relief to us, very excited, hugely, you know, faithful and motivated. Um, and so the chemo finished in the June and had to give it about a month for the chemo to come out the body first before you can do the final scan to make sure that it's clear. And unfortunately, that scan indicated a bit of a concern that it wasn't necessarily gone, but it wasn't necessarily there. They weren't quite sure. So um, immediately doubt kind of sets in. And uh, so we had to wait for another month before we did another final scan to, uh, to give us results. And uh, unfortunately, our nightmare had come true. It, uh, it was back. And um, back with vengeance. So it was basically back to exactly where it was before um, and obviously a bit stronger this time. And uh, so again, huge bomb. Um, just kind of gave us a huge shock to the system where we thought that this was just going to be a six-month um, fight. It's uh, obviously going to become a whole lot longer. So new specialists, new um, yeah, doctors and uh, uh, hospitals, and eventually um, caused us to have another three months of a slightly more intense chemotherapy, which again comes with all the usual side effects. And uh, after that, it would have taken us to the end of 2018, and come January 2019, she would be admitted uh, to hospital for a bone marrow transplant. Um, for anybody who doesn't know that whole process, um, the transplant is done in a isolation ward or um, room within the hospital, so it's a little bit more intense than ICU. And uh, she's basically stuck in there for the doctor's forecast for at least a, a month. Um, so you can't leave the building. In fact, you can't leave the room at all. Everything happens within that room. And obviously it's because your immune system gets so badly knocked that you actually don't have an immune system to, to fight off any disease. Um, so there were a whole lot of miracles that came from this whole journey. But one of the significant, significant ones for me was um, the fact that that month was actually only two weeks and six days um, in there, which... I think Jesus knows that uh, you can only take so much. So um, between both of us, I was living from home, going to see her, going to work, coming home, seeing her, sleeping for throughout that whole process. Um, and she was obviously just stuck in this room, which was a terrible experience. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it was much shorter than what we had hoped, which was fantastic. Um, and uh, it, they basically hit you with high-intensity chemo that kills off your entire body and obviously the, uh, the cancer, and then they give you um, bone marrow um, cells back, basically, which attaches to your body, and then um, you develop an immune system, and then you can go home. And uh, so eventually after, uh, well, it was just before the end of January 2019 this year, um, we um, were allowed to, well, cancer was allowed to come home, and uh, this took another three-month process of, of getting a bit stronger and um, eventually doing one last final scan. And uh, we are quite happy to say and joyful that it was in April, the day before um, Good Friday, 
that uh, we got the news that she is fully in remission. Yeah, so I think um, the biggest lesson for us was that I think we were completely leaning on our own understanding and that we had decided that it was going to be a six-month journey. And we had strength for the six months. That was, that was it. And I think when it became longer, we realized, okay, there's more here. And I think that's when we really had to stand our ground. I think we, we were within our own strength able to stand our ground for six months. And then we realized that that's not how it works. And I think... Um, yeah, just some of the things that were that really stood out for us during that time was, um, firstly, obviously, just abiding in the vine. I think that goes without saying is that we had to constantly rely on the Lord, and constantly just yeah be reminded of Him and rely on His presence and His peace to get us through that. And then, secondly, it was our community. Um, when I got re-diagnosed, my sister set up a form, a Google Doc, where I had people praying and fasting for me every single day until I went into remission. And there were very much days where we felt so hopeless and I could tangibly feel people's prayers holding us up, which was insane. And then I think just promises, relying on the promises that we'd been given. That vision in the beginning was just telling us that we were going to get our healing in his way and the journey that he wanted us to walk and yeah, so I think I would literally write down the promises and the visions and the prophetic words that people had given us, and that's what I would read in hospital when I couldn't do anything. I would just read that page, and uh, I think that those things were probably the most important for us, and then I had a bit of a concluding vision at the end of everything that kind of summed up or kind of went back to that beginning vision I had, which was Jesus and I and my body again, and uh, we kind of got to this crossroads, and he said, come, we're going this way, and I said, no, you can go that way. I'll go this way. Um, that way it happens faster. And he was like, no, it's not how it works. Um, if we, you know, we're going to do it together, even if it takes a bit longer. And I think that was just confirmation that this was the journey that he wanted us to walk. As hard as it was and as tough as the journey was, we yeah, were able to come out the other side and have this testimony to share, which is awesome. And um, what really just stood out to me um, at the end of this whole thing, or rather during a period when, when Candice was in isolation, um, was that I think we can, we can all agree that it's, it's easy to stand your ground when things are going well. Um, and I think hopefully people can relate to me here when I say it's, um, like Ricky said, as a, I don't know, maybe it's just a pilot thing or a human nature thing that you want to always be in control. Um, and so it's easy to, to give that over to God and to, and to trust and have the faith that he's got everything under control. But when things don't go so well, I immediately get that reaction of, I want to control the outcome. And uh, there was a significant day in, um, in hospital where Candice wasn't doing so well. Um, she had a temperature spike of three degrees um, within a period of an hour. Um, and with no immune system, obviously that was super critical. And... Um, came to the point where it was a possibility that she actually couldn't um, make it through it. Um, and it was at that point, I mean, we, we really had relied on God throughout this whole thing. Um, and like she said, the community around us was just insane. When, when we didn't have the strength, you know, they, the community really um, was, was holding us up. And uh, I think at that, that night, I kind of hit rock bottom and... Um, 
there was something still, or a little bit of something still inside that was, was trying to control it. And eventually I just said, okay, God, you know what? You have everything. Um, you, you have my, my full trust. And uh, it was at this point that God spoke to me and said, <clears throat> why does it have to get to this point before you hand over all the trust to me? Um, so yeah, that was quite a significant um, time for me and, and really just taught me that standing our ground is not just you know, ourselves, but actually handing it over to God and declaring that it really is finished. Um, and I think it's an ongoing battle for, for us on a daily basis that although, you know, she, she's in remission, it's that constant fight of doubt coming into the mind, you know, is, is she going to perhaps relapse or could something else happen or, um, you know, everything that you eat, you know, is it, is it cancer fighting or is it um, actually, you know, potentially causing more cancer? And it's that constant, um, these little lies and these attacks that come into your mind. Um, and uh, just coming back to the fact that God is in control and uh, our trust is in Him and as it is on the cross, it really is finished. Why don't you give them a hand? When I met with Warwick prior to the Sunday, he, he did say to me also, we have, I mean, to try and sum it up in 15 minutes is, is difficult. But he did say, having looked back at the journey and just how incredibly hard it was, he said if God had shown that to him right in the beginning, he would have said, please, Lord, I, I can't do this. And when he said that to me, I just had time to think about it. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And sometimes when, you know, if you're in a very dark path and you've got this lamp, you can only really just see the next step, but still that you, there's safety in that, and you know, just to encourage you folks, that if you, you're still trusting God for something, if specifically for, for healing in your body, and um, a, allow the Lord to continue to, to guide you through all of this. I'd love to pray for them before they take their seats. Won't you extend your hands and your faith uh, with them and also I want to include anybody here today who, who's, who's been able to witness with a part of the story that they've shared. Lord, thank you that we've been able to see your name glorified through, through Warwick and Candace. Lord, they continue to trust you daily. Lord, not just for physical healing but just complete trust in you in every situation that they may face. Lord, I pray for every person that is sitting here today, if they have resounded with an, an element of the story and they are trusting you, God, that you would continue to speak life into their situation, that they would know that you are ever present, that you would never leave them nor forsake them, Lord. We continue to pray protection over Candace's body, Lord, that, that she would enjoy the 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 full healing that she has received for the rest of her life, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give them a hand? I'd like to welcome Eugene and Marla. Eugene is our resident great husband and father. 
amongst everything else he can do. And uh, Mala uh, leads the timber training work at uh, Timberleacher. They also have a story which I know will encourage you this morning. Morning, everyone. Um, I want to tell a story that started more than 20 years ago. So that's the battle that we want to testify about this morning. Um, yeah, in that battle, we've had days starting with um, lots of faith and joy. We've also had days starting with where we're going to find food today or how are we going to get to work and whatever else. We've had weeks that have started with the good news of having twins and that same week ending in retrenchment. We've had weeks, um, yeah, good weeks, victorious weeks where you say to Satan, bring it on because I have God on my side. And we've had months, yeah, that's really not fun to tell you about. So there's lots of little details in that. We've had years of retrenchment, two, two times, um, years of, of God providing. Not years, I have to say, days of God providing. As I had to count all the days of my life in that the amount of days that God has provided. Um, so, but in that time, it's like um, you guys have also said, you find yourself um, amped and ready, especially after a Sunday, having been here and being fed with the word or at life group or when you're going to people um, in the spiritual community and they hold your hands up and you feel strong enough um, or you hear a, a word that's about the promises of God and how we have to stand on that and you name and claim and then <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. Or you have your timing and God says, mm, no, it's not that timing. Um, and you have days where you feel pain in such an intense way that it actually is hard to breathe and, and go to God and say, seriously, can we not take this battle away? Um, or, yeah, just, I mean, I have had days, I'm sure Eugene has as well, where I, I have to go to the bathroom in my house to find quiet and peace. Um, so, where I sit there and I say to God, I know I should pray now, and I know I should stand on your promises, but I actually can't. I need you to help my unbelief, and I need you to give me the prayer, and then he actually does. So, even if you don't have a prayer to pray, that's how good God is. He even gives you that. Um, yeah, so what I wanted to say this morning is standing ground is not fun, <laughs> but it is good. Um, and standing ground is sometimes harder than taking ground or fighting for, for territory, for ground. It takes a lot more energy. Um, and I, yeah, it's not something, our journey is not something I want to wish on anyone. Um, but I, when, when we look back at the times, the many times that God has come through, um, the, the value in the, the way that he's taught us who he is um, and that he actually does exist. I've, I've had times where I've, I've said, you know, God, if you really do exist, then seriously, why are you not doing something? Or are you not able to do what you're saying that you can do? So it's been that, that hard sometimes. Um, so, but I want to say that the value that we learn in those difficult times of standing ground, that you know that God does exist, that he is able to, to do what he says he will, that he is able to provide in the nonsense requests and the big requests, that he is able to hold you up to give you the prayer to, to pray. That's of much more worth than the answered prayer of, please can I have shoes for my children or whatever it may be. 
So I know there are people here that, that have harder battles than Eugene and I have had, that have had to fight and stand for longer than we have. But I want to say to you today that God is able and he is not moved by our desperation, by our situation, by our anger, by our disappointment, by our manipulation. You know those prayers that we pray. <laughs> um, he is the God that has always been and he will always be. Um, so, yeah, standing ground is not easy. Um, and also to just say that God doesn't have to explain why he does things, why he allows things. Um, we just need to trust him because he loves us enough during this process um, to teach us about endurance, to teach us that the people that have the, what's the word now, the littlest, that have the least, um, they are the ones that give most. Um, the, yeah, people just rock up with stuff, whether you've asked for it or not. Sometimes you have to ask for it. Um, spiritual community is something that we, I, don't, I still don't know how people do it without going to a life group or having friends around you. It's not possible to do it by yourself. So, yeah, we've, we've learned about God's love in those ways and, yeah, just many, many more. So, if there's, yeah, I want to say just don't give up. Just keep arriving and showing up because God is able. Um, just give me a quick moment here. I just sense when we were singing this morning, just a quick, quick ad break here. Sorry, there's a lady sitting here that you were, were you wondering why you're here this morning? And while during the singing, you're like, you know, why did I come to church? And I just want to tell you, I think God has got an appointment with you here this morning. So I just wanted to share that. So if you're wondering why you're here this morning, no, God has got an appointment with you. All right. So, yeah, back to the story. The thing that Marla shares is, is, is a tricky one because, you know, for as a man... You know, we, we, we like to hide things. You know, we don't always share as we want to share. We have to be tough. Tigers don't cry. You know, all these kind of things. And it's sometimes difficult to be vulnerable. And, and there's not one specific thing that has happened in our life that we can say, this is our life story. There's various things. You know, but when I got retrenched for the first time, you know, I said to the, sorry. <coughs> I said to one of the ladies at the office, I, worked, I said, don't worry, God will provide you know, I was thinking like month maximum, well, 12 months later, you know, like, how's your faith, Eugene? <laughs> Trusting God. And things, things happen, and, and everything that has happened with us, every time there's a breakthrough, I didn't make it happen. It's always come in the most incredible and surprising ways. And that for me is God's faithfulness. The second time when I was retrenched for, for 18 months, you know, you've got kids, there's a house, there's bonds, there's car. It's all this stuff, and like, how? And I'm honest, your confidence does take a knock. It does. And you, you question your ability, you question, you know, how good of a husband am I? How good of a father am I? But I remember this one time, we were a couple of friends, and we went to Hermanus, and there's a cliff called Drienkrans, and where you can just jump from this cliff off into the sea. And I've, I, you know, I, I always say, you know, when you, when you jump or you're falling, it's not the fall that kills you, it's a sudden stop, you know, so, and it was just crazy, and I said to the guys, look, we, we eight or nine guys, we're not going to, I've got nothing to prove when we jump off this cliff, so if you guys want to do it, you're welcome, but I'm, I don't feel I'm under any pressure, I've got nothing to prove. So, 
and I'm saying this because it's about standing ground. And, and, and I was standing at that cliff. I thought, like, hey, let me try this in any case. You know, now you're standing and it's like this movement. So, so some guys, it's easy. Some guys, it's easy to take the risk and to jump. You know, but for me, I was afraid. But when I'm here, I get a great vantage point. But as soon as I took a few steps back, I can't see that well anymore. And that is for me how my faith is. You know, because I want to see, I want, I'm always asking God to stretch me. But when I'm there, <laughs> I don't really want to anymore. And I jumped. And it was great. And, and I thought like, hey, I can do this again. And I did it a second time. And it was, it was even better. And I thought, I'm going to do this a third time. And it's, it's only about 14 meters. So, and I jumped the third time. And I fell completely wrong. I, I actually cracked my ribs on the fall. I got a massive big uh, blue, what's it, bloke or whatever, yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was bad, um, yeah, to put it the least. But in that process, why I'm saying this is that sometimes we become so blasé about our faith. Yeah, I take a risk, just jump, you know, God will help you and stuff like that. And, and we come, become familiar with God and His provision. And like Marla said, the naming and claiming. And when he doesn't come through, like I expect him, I'm really disappointed in God. But I'm always challenged, is can God disappoint? And I'm always coming back, never. God, it's not, he hasn't got the ability to disappoint us. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, and I, I shared this earlier as well, that God doesn't have to explain himself to me. He didn't to Job, he didn't tell Job why the things happen to him that happen. But because he's God, who am I to try and put God in a box and say, right, this is how God operates. So it's a big learning curve, you know, and we always tell, don't worry, man, God's working your character. I mean, like, seriously? You now, if one person still needs to give me a verse of encouragement, I'm going to clobber them. And I'm just really being honest here, because sometimes that's not what I want to hear. But it's the truth. And God is building on my character. So yeah, I, I don't live on a 100 hectare farm next to the river. Got a beach section that's fronting my farm. Four cars, double story house. Not there. There's still a lot that needs to grow. And we're still facing a lot of challenges. But the fact that I've learning through this process who I am and who I am in God and why I'm here, why I'm here on earth, that process and who God is in all this, I won't swap it for anything. Is it tough at times? For sure. Does it, do I feel so despondent at times? For sure. But the fact that I've got an amazing wife and I can be honest to you, the fact that I've community, community with guys and I can say, guys, this is how please pray for me. That a guy, the fact that a guy rocks up at my house at 8 o'clock in the morning with a Seattle coffee that's, and knows exactly that's what I needed. Such a real physical thing or whatever. But, but, you know, that kind of caring, like Marla said, I don't know how people cannot live with that and without that understanding. Eugene, do you want to share, when you shared in the first service, you spoke about the life wisdom from your mother-in-law. Would you like to just share that, that moment? Yes, this is not a joke, it's true. <laughs> it's not a mother-in-law joke. So, my, yeah, I've got my... I shared earlier, my, my mother-in-law is really fantastic. If she was my age, she would have been one of my best friends. So, but she shared with me, that she said, 
fetch wood, carry water, and walk the earth. Fetch wood, carry water, and walk the earth. And interesting enough, last year, because I got retrenched at the end of 2017, so in January, um, there were, we got to live in by Green Belt, and on the other side of it, they chopped down some trees, and I thought like, hey, winter's coming, I'm going to help myself. So I physically went and got wood, and, you know, stacked it up, made sure I cut it, I spent a lot of time chopping and cutting. I, at that time, I actually got myself also a big axe, so guys, get yourself a big axe, it's fantastic therapy. And then, also, the other thing is, when it started raining, sort of in the winter months, I was got a big bucket under one of the gutters, and I was actually physically carrying water and throwing it into the bath. And I was walking the earth, and I realized at that same time, because I, I wrote this up on the mirror, fetch wood, carry water, and walk the earth. It was in the mirror in our bathroom, so I could see it every morning, every evening. It was in my face the whole time. But I was physically doing those things, and I was walking the earth. I didn't just sit back and complain and throw myself this movie, huge pity party with balloons and all the kind of stuff, you know. I just realized that I need to get out there. I need to walk. I need to trust God. So even a simple thing, it wasn't a Bible verse, but it's just something that really got me to a place where it could impact my life tremendously. So this journey that, we've, uh, that we're talking about this morning is, when I thought about what, was, what I was going to share this morning, um, all the, the physical or the material things came to mind, but God clearly said that finance is being used as a tool in the battle for ministry and calling in our life. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And also what God has said way back when about what Eugene and I will do in his kingdom and in his what, vocational jobs, whatever the word may be, um, it has come to pass, and we are very grateful for that. So standing ground's been worth it, definitely. Why don't you give him a round of applause? I'd also love to pray for them. And if you are trusting God specifically for provision in your life, and I love what Marla said about it. it's not about the finance. It's about that knowing what God has called them to do and called us to do. And if you feel like you're still on that journey, then this prayer is for you also. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for just, again, the amazing story that Eugene and my life shared. Lord, it hasn't been easy. And Lord, the, if I had to sum up their story in, in one line, Lord, they just they keep going, keep putting one step, in, uh, one foot in front of the other to take the next step, keep moving, keep trusting in you. Lord, if that's, if that's all that they had, just their relationship with you and the trust and faith that they have in you, if that's all that remains, then that, that is good enough. Lord, I pray for every person here also that is trusting you for provision, that is trusting you to reveal what it is you want them to do on this earth. Lord, may you continue to strengthen them in this journey. May you continue to lead them. May you bring people around them that would help, help them know where and what to do. God, you've called us to, to live in community, and we do not neglect that. Lord. So, Lord, bless this family, and thank you, God, for your name being glorified for them, through them, in Jesus' name. Great, and Katie Miller is 
our last guest this morning. I mentioned in the first service, Katie may be small in stature, but for those of you who know her, she's quite a remarkable lady, and I think if we had to see her in the spirit, we'd see a giant. So um, I really know you'll be encouraged by her story. Okay, right. Sorry, I have had a little flu, so I have kind of lost my voice. Um, so I'll do my best to talk loudly. So I'm going to share one part of my story um, because we're all made up of so many different parts. So this is just one part of me. Um, and that is my health journey. Um, my health journey started 16 years ago. And um, it's an unknown journey. It's unknown because after going from doctors to doctors, specialist to specialist, we still don't have a specific diagnosis and we don't have a specific reason to why I have global pain in my body um, and why I had uh, compromised immunity. So it is an unknown journey um, and it has been a long journey. <coughs> so for me, it, I haven't really, I don't know how to comprehend a day without pain. Um, my pain comes in cycles, so most days it's totally bearable. Um, but then there's cycles, it goes, kind of goes in a cycle, and that becomes quite unbearable. Um, so that's just to sum up my uh, health journey in just a few short lines. Um, but why am I showing, sharing my story? Um, and it's so ironic that my voice went, because I felt very silenced in my journey. Silence because I didn't have that breakthrough or that victory that I was going after. And in that, people would pray for me and I would just feel like, where's my faith? Why am I not getting that breakthrough? Um, and so many lies entered my head in that process. Like, how can I pray for someone else if I haven't had that full manifestation in my own heart? Or just, just things like that. You, I just felt so silenced, and I'm sure so many of us can relate to that. We're waiting for this maybe one big breakthrough or this one thing in our life, and it's not coming, so you feel a bit silenced. But it was so amazing because two years ago, I was grappling with these things, and I was in worship. I was sitting here, and um, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, how can I glorify you? How can I speak out? When I haven't had that breakthrough, I don't have that testimony. And it was so beautiful because he took me around this room and he just highlighted different people and their stories that they were going through. And, um, and I just realized that person is also waiting for their breakthrough. And that person's also waiting for that breakthrough. And God said, it's not about that breakthrough that I still hope for, but it's it's my everyday walking with you and the everyday trusting. That is the testimony in itself. And um, yeah, I know that so many of you can relate to that. Um, even family members in my own family that are going through things that are unknown. And it's, it's in that journey and it's in that daily thing of, of knowing that God is on our journey. <coughs> So when I look back on the 16 years, I really can see how my faith has been grown and my faith has strengthened. And I think that is the most precious thing to look back and see. Um, two years ago, I honestly hit my all-time low. 
Um, I had been to a string of specialists, to a specialist, after specialist, after specialist, and one specialist said, no, he definitely had a diagnosis for me. And, um, yeah, in a way, it was most probably the wrong thing that I was hoping in. I was hoping in the diagnosis. And um, he then phoned me and said, no, the thing that he thought it was, was the blood test cannot confirm that it is what he thought it was. But give him a week. He just wanted to look through all my MRIs and everything, and he'd get back to me. And a week later, he phoned and he said, the thing that I thought it was, it isn't. So I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. And because my hope had been in the wrong thing at that point, the hope was in the diagnosis, it totally crumbled me, totally. I, I, I could, I just go, I went in my bedroom and I just remember weeping and weeping and weeping. And I just thought, how on earth am I going to get out of bed in the morning with the same pain, with the same unknown? And um, at that point, the frustration and hopelessness and disappointment with the voices that were the loudest and the clearest. And in that time, I had to make a choice. And the choice was, do I turn my back on everything that I've ever known? I mean, I've known Jesus from such a young age. And it was such, how do you turn your back on your very foundation? So my other choice was to put my trust back in him and say, Jesus, this is yours. This is your journey. This is you with me on this. And it was so beautiful because it didn't happen in a moment. It didn't happen overnight. But in those months to come, I could really see how the Lord replaced that disappointment with different lenses. And the lens was of looking at life with grace, and it was looking at life with thanksgiving and gratitude. And they were the, the smallest things that came alive to me. Um, and also his voice became louder voice than the frustration. And um, I actually at that point also had a word, or it was most probably even more recently, I had a word from a, a friend of mine, and she was saying, um, God wants to give you something every day. Every day, look for something that God wants to give you. And I challenge all of you on this. It's the most amazing thing. He wants to give you a tool. He wants to give you a word. He wants to just show you something. I remember the one day seeing, walk driving down the road, and I saw um, just this bush, random bush. And Jesus said, look at that bush. Look at those flowers. Look, look at the beauty in those flowers, you know. And I was like, wow, today I'm really going to look at the flowers. And that day, a mom came to school, and she brought me this whole big bunch of flowers. And um, she said, the Lord really said to give you this bunch of flowers. And just thought, wow, isn't that amazing, those little things in life, um, that it was like, wow, God really is with me. He really, it's just that real, that massaging every day that he's with me in this. He's on it with me. Um, and I think that has just been the most precious, precious thing. I think I've forgotten what the bunch of stuff. Do you want to share about uh, just how God encouraged you with his mercies new? So with that, um, I think sometimes you can be in a situation and you can look to the future and feel so uncertain as to how this pans out. And the Lord gave me two things. My mercies are new every day. And today I will give you my daily bread. And I think that has been the most amazing thing for me is today he 
speaking to my daily bread, and I mean everyone shared that ahead of me today. Today is your daily bread. Today, my mercies are new. I can't look ahead to what that looks like in the future. It's uncertain. But today, I will give you my daily bread. And I think also just something to share is, you know, honestly, I mean, community has been shared. I've got an incredible family, um, just amazing. But just really, Jesus really has been my coping mechanism. Um, you know, people, even from a painkiller perspective, you know, I, I really can go in those nights where it has been so extremely bad, go into a place like I loved um, Candice's picture of Jesus inside her body. I've never had him inside my body, but <laughs> he's really been with me. Like I would sometimes find myself actually so ironically climbing into his body and, um, and actually finding that being my safe space. So even in those times of extreme pain, I find myself inside his body and saying, Jesus, I cannot do this. And so, you know, I, I also don't want to, to focus that on the weakness part, but it has just been so incredibly, inc- incredibly amazing how the Lord has used that scripture. When you are weak, I am strong. And I have used that. That has like been my scripture that's got me out of bed on so many occasions. I'm weak today, God. I'm weak. I acknowledge I'm weak. But you know what? You are with me and you are going to be my strength today. So I have so much hope in my heart. I really do. Even though days, sometimes my body fails me, my spirit is strong. My mind is strong because Jesus is with me and that hope is with me. And that is my biggest encouragement. Thank you, Katie. Why don't you give her a hand? And just as we pray for Katie, uh, also that God's mercies are new every morning. Um, I love that scripture. Um, It just gives you the sense of that God is with you in this day. And do do you think you could get through this day with God's mercies and his grace? If you do think that, then that's, that's amazing. Because the Bible also says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Be anxious about nothing. If you feel you, could, you can get through this day with the grace and the mercy of God, that's all that he is asking you from. So I'm going to pray for Katie. Just, she's, she's on this journey. It's, it's, she's still on it, that the Lord would continue to strengthen her. But for, for you folk also, that you would have the strength and just the, the stamina to get through the day with, with God's help. Lord, thank you for, once again, Lord, that the story is one of hope. Lord, yes, there have been ups and downs and, um, and very tough moments. But as Katie has shared, Lord, we again are encouraged to stand strong, to stand our ground, and know that despite our circumstances, Lord, you, you do not change. You, you just, you don't change. Help us to settle that in our hearts and that that would bring a confidence to us, Lord, that despite our changing circumstances, that you never change. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Katie wants to share one more thing. She's re been reminded of something. Sorry, this was actually part of, quite a big part of the story. So a year ago, um, I had a neighbor, the most amazing, precious neighbor, and also just really a lot of prayer. Um, one of my big medical puzzle pieces came together, and I actually had an op last year, July. Um, and I really, I don't want you to feel like I haven't, I mean, I've covered so much ground in the last year. And I really, it really came with that shift in so many ways of seeing, focusing more on the gratitude side. It was amazing when that whole shift happened. There were these major breakthroughs that happened. And um, last year I went for this, this off. And I cannot tell you the difference in my immunity. It's been absolutely amazing. I mean, just to give you an idea, last year um, Peter and I got sick on the same day, 27th of January. A week later, random little cold. He was over it within a week. And mine was still going on in April last year. And now when I get a cold... It's two, three days, and it's gone. So I really want to share that even in my journey, there have been so many incredible, incredible overcoming moments and small victories that have been massive victories for me. And I think sometimes when we look back and we can see those, those little victories, they give you faith for the next thing and give you faith for the next thing to get to the next thing. Um, so yes, I have, over looking back, it's been a crazy, even my pain cycles, it's amazing, like they are coming f f much further apart and they are lasting for much shorter. So all those things are totally give testimony and gratitude to the Lord because it is happening. I am covering ground, which is amazing. Thank you, Katie. I'd like to conclude this morning's service uh, with a story, um, which I hope will encourage you uh, just as we are very deliberate in pursuing God on our journeys. On April 21st, in the year 1519, the Spanish explorer Hernando Cortes sailed into the harbor of Veracruz, Mexico. He brought with him only about 600 men, and yet over the next two years, his vastly outnumbered forces were able to defeat Montezuma and all the warriors of the Aztec Empire, making Cortes the conqueror of all Mexico. How was this incredible feat accomplished when two prior expeditions had failed even to establish a colony on Mexican soil? Here's the secret. Cortes knew from the very beginning that he and his men faced incredible odds. He knew that the road before them would be dangerous and difficult. He knew that his men would be tempted to abandon their quest and return to Spain. And so as soon as Cortes and his men had come ashore and unloaded their provisions, he ordered the entire fleet of 11 ships to be destroyed. His men stood on the shore and watched as the only possibility of retreat burnt and sank and from that point on they knew beyond any doubt that there was no return no turning back nothing lay behind them but empty ocean their only option was to go forward to conquer or to die and I'm not advocating the war and going to take land but isn't that an incredible thing that they did they gave themselves one option and that was not to retreat, but to stand their ground and to go forward. 
And I pray that from these stories this morning, you would be encouraged to where in the past you've maybe retreated, that you stand your ground and you link arms in with the community around you, which can further strengthen your, your stance in the spirit and also to advance. You know, I think often we are reluctant to take the fight to the enemy and we kind of, we stand in our ground, but we're a bit of a punching bag and, and the enemy is, is, is having a field day with us. But let, let's advance. Let's, let's take the fight to the enemy. In Revelation 12, we read about this war that is happening. And, and, and in the end of everything, we are victorious. And let's not forget that. We have a victorious king who rules the nations with his, with his iron scepter. Won't you stand with me as we pray together? I'd encourage you, if there's anyone here, if you, if you would like further prayer after the service or you'd like to chat to any of the guys who shared this morning, uh, they'd love to chat to you, they'd love to pray for you, uh, if you would like that. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are encouraged by these stories today. Lord, and I'm, as mentioned, I know that there are many stories in this community of people. I pray, God, that we would, we would pull together stronger Lord, to, as we live this life, that we would not neglect the gathering together, that we sh would encourage one another, that we would hold fast, as Hebrews 10 says, that we would have faith in the one who is faithful, Lord, the one who has promised. So Lord, we, we bring our lives before you as you have spoken and, and touched on people's lives today. Lord, may you continue to do a deep work in all of our lives, Lord. May we never, never take our eyes off you. May we never lose our hope and our faith in our Jesus, the King, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.